Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Porter here on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Happy Friday, Nolan. How are you? I am doing excellent. How are you, sir? Glad uh, glad to be with you this Friday. I always thought the after lunch hour was not the best part of Friday, but maybe the second best part of Friday. Obviously, getting off work is the best part of Friday. Well, yeah, right? absolutely. And, and the weekend. But I always thought it's like you got done with lunch and now it's you're on the downhill slope, right? You're coasting, really. I mean, yeah. that's at, at, at this point, well, you're kind of coasting. Well, let's not just say that right out loud. <laughs> we are not going to be not coasting. coasting. We're Other not coasting. Are. We're here to bring you broadcast excellence, which is what we're going to be doing for the next hour. You can call in and join us, uh, whatever the hell you want to talk about, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Those are the uh, call-in numbers. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, you can join us that way. Uh, you can send me tweets, too, at Rob Port if you want. Uh, listen, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, lots of stuff going on this Friday. Oh, I'm excited. It is in oh, the theater. Oh, I'm you seeing it tomorrow. It? You betcha right. I'm seeing it tomorrow. You're, you're excited? I think Kyle Iverson already saw it, so I've kind of trying to, been, trying to well, avoid him What was his thoughts today? on it? Kyle, Kyle's kind of our, our resident cinephile. What, I know, I know. I haven't asked him because I don't want him to kind of spoil it for me. I've kind of steered clear of the reviews so far so I've that I don't, it doesn't taint my mind. Yeah, I've, I've read some of the. I mean, I read the book, right? So, I mean, it's yeah. not like there's really all that much in the story that's going to get spoiled for me. Right. It's just so, a matter of the the execution of it, really, is probably my Yeah, more I've, my I've been thing. reading some of the reviews. Generally pretty positive. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I think uh, it's about a 90% on uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah. You know, I, I I think sometimes, I mean, with Stephen King, it's it's been so hit and miss with his, you know, converting his, his stories into movies. Yep. Um, and this one in particular, I, I think, is because obviously Tim Curry's Pennywise uh, portrayal, pre, as, as we've talked about, was is sort of iconic. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though that was a that movie has not aged well. You know, it's it, it's like it campy now, really. I, it's I very, think. very campy now, although in, in a nice sort of nostalgic way. But but Tim Curry's, you know, I mean, that that's almost sort of an iconic um portrayal but then also like this book i mean this is an 1100 page book uh, by the way this is only the first part of of the story yes. the actual story so i am i hearing right that there's a, like a sequel in, yes in the works? they're gonna uh, do the other part from what i understand well they were gonna base it off the success of this movie coming out on if they were gonna make a I second think this one. is gonna be successful i think it is too and i think what they did since the story I guess for those who don't know what the story is it's basically split up into when the main characters are kids and when they're adults and That's I believe, right. as far as I know, this movie coming out recently or yesterday is, is, is the kids. It's the kids. It's, and it's the, the kids version. And the next movie, would be whenever it comes out, would be the, the adults. The second part of the story when they come back as adults. Exactly. Right? So, yes. well, and let's not delve too much deeper into that because I don't want to give anyone any spoilers. Oh, but no. I'm, I'm excited to see that. I may go see it. Although I don't like the big crowd, so I don't, I don't know if I'll see it this weekend or not. I We'll see. Uh, I'm also kind of combating a, uh, a cold, so I may, after the show, go crash after this. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Got a lot going on this Friday evening for, for me. Uh, the other big thing I want to talk about, um, obviously, President Donald Trump. And this is the question I want to ask the audience. What do you think of, of President Donald Trump working with Democrats? Does it bother you? Because that's the big narrative out there right now is, is that, you know, Trump supporters, his base is going to abandon him now because, uh, you know, he's. He's working with with Democrats. He's crossing the aisle, which which, by the way, it's, it's just it's it's hilarious to me. Now, I'm, I'm saying this as somebody who has been very critical of President Trump in the past. I didn't vote for the guy, but it's, it's sort of amazing to watch how the narrative around him shifts 
depending on on the moment, right? And here's here's my thesis here, right? Because we started out when when Trump won the election, he was Hitler, right? He was the American Hitler. He was he was Mussolini. He was like Hitler and David Duke had a love child. Right. He's a white supremacist. He's an extremist. He's a white nationalist. Uh, all on down the list. All of these pejoratives, all of these horrible, you know, d- descriptions of him. That's what they were talking about with this guy. Right. He, he's just yeah, he's just the most horrible person in the world. Um, I mean, that's that's I mean, even mainstream commentators were saying stuff like that. I mean, there were literally local columnists in Fargo-Moorhead were writing that Donald Trump was a white nationalist, a white supremacist in the newspaper. That wasn't that long. That was weeks ago, months ago, not that long ago. Right? Okay, so, so we have that. Trump is this extremist, white nationalist, Hitler, fascist, racist. But then on the other hand, Heidi Heitkamp wrote on Air Force One, into North Dakota with Donald Trump and then stood on stage next to Donald Trump, sort of sort of basked in the glow of Donald Trump being friendly with her. And, and certainly on Twitter, one thing I heard from a lot of my listeners and, and, and a lot of my readers of, of, of the, the left of center persuasion was that they were sort of happy about that. You know, that they were sort of um, I, I highlighted that that I, I felt Trump kind of took a little jab at high camp while he was in here in the state. Uh, in, in that, you know, noting that previously when, when the Reagan tax cuts passed, uh, it was, you know, uh, a Democratic-controlled House and a Democrat Speaker of the House that, that voted for the Reagan tax cuts. And then also uh, most of the Democrats in the United States Senate, including a Democrat from North Dakota. And then he sort of looked over and said, you know, did you hear that, Heidi? Uh, a, a very gentle, I, I, I think, political jab or, or maybe a little bit of pressure, whatever you want to call it. Uh, people sort of taking exception to me saying that, oh, no, oh, no, Trump was very nice to Heidi. And it's funny because I've, I've watched a lot of these same people who are, are, are just sort of, you know, wringing their hands and, and you know, oh, oh, Trump was very nice to, to Heidi. Trump was very nice to Heidi, obviously, because they know they want Heidi to get reelected and they know that that's, you know, Trump. She, she can't be a part of the quote unquote resistance and get reelected in North Dakota. So now they're all fine with 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 trump but it, it's funny because a lot of these same people were calling trump hitler and, and now trump is cutting deals with chuck schumer and nancy pelosi something's got to give nolan like like you can't have it both ways. trump can't be an american fascist right he can't be literally hitler and yet cut deals with like nancy pelosi and chuck schumer and, and do some of the other stuff he's doing i i feel like we're at sort of a sort of a pivotal moment in Trump's time in office, where, where maybe we're going to have to put away some of the more extreme pejoratives about this guy and, and come back down to reality. Well, you're right in that, you know, obviously we don't or we can't have both sides of whatever we're calling him. But I, the thing that alarms me a little bit more is why would why would anybody on either side, left or right, have an issue with the president making deals with both parties. Doesn't that mean right. that things are getting done? What, is well, there something wrong with getting right. things done? <laughs> right. Well, that, well, that's the thing, too, right? The, the press, a lot of people like to fetishize bipartisanship, right? And, and to me, I, I, to me I, I don't think bipartisanship is necessarily a goal in and of itself, right? I have, I, I guess, my philosophy and I have my thoughts about what policies are the right policies and what approaches are the right approaches, and I want to see those things implemented. Now, if there are Democrats who want to come along for the ride, absolutely. Sign them up. 
right? But I don't, I don't think, you know, I, I don't know that bipartisanship is the goal in and of itself. Do you understand what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. Like to me, so, you know, if, if we could, if we could do things in a bipartisan fashion, if we could persuade the other side, I think that's a noble goal. But ultimately, I, I think you got to stick to your principles. But that being said, you know, the press and, and in politics, we sort of fetishize bipartisanship. Um, you know, politicians go out of their way to, to sort of brand everything as being bipartisan. Um, but now all of a sudden the press is, is treating Donald Trump as though being bipartisan is a bad thing, right? It's like, oh, you know, his base is going to be so mad at him and everything else. And by the way, they're only talking about it in the context of the Republican base, right? Oh, Republicans are going to be so mad. Trump's conservative base is going to be so mad at him and on and on and on. Not really spending a lot of time talking about how Democrats might feel about Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer working with somebody who a significant portion of the Democratic base think this guy is Hitler. How about we talk about that? Love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com or tweet me at Rob Port. Are you bothered by this? I, I don't know. I I think the deal Trump cut with Pelosi and Schumer... Just looking at that deal, I think it's fine. I think if Trump can find places where he can work with the Democratic leadership, I think that's great. I'm not bothered about it, but love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Happy Friday. Rob Porter on 970 AM and 93.1 FM. President Donald Trump uh, working with Democrats. You know, it's it's sort of been a a string of, uh, of events that have uh, people buzzing about Trump working with Democrats. And, you know, it was it was Heidi Heitkamp riding uh, to North Dakota on Air Force One to talk about tax reform. Uh, and by the way, Heitkamp, uh, there were a couple of... Um, a couple of uh, nominees to move through committee today. Trump, Trump, or, uh, Heitkamp continuing to vote for Trump's nominees for for all those, you know, various uh, positions in in the White House. Uh, Heitkamp today uh, was the only vote uh, in a committee. I'm trying to pull up the article here. The uh, the only vote in the Senate Banking Committee on Thursday, yesterday, uh, to vote for uh, the nomination of two of Trump's uh, President Trump's top financial regulation regulator. Nominees uh, sending them to the Senate for the full consideration. Heitkamp, uh, the only Democrat voting with the Republicans to advance them. So uh, Heitkamp putting herself on on Trump's side, and it's interesting. I, I mean, it's just interesting to me. I mean, on one hand, you have a not insignificant portion of the Democratic base thinking that Trump is literally Hitler, and on the other side, Democrats are working with Trump. And, and to me, I mean, that's you can't have it both ways. Jim's on the line. If you want to call in, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Go ahead, Jim. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing good. You there, Rob? Yeah, I'm okay. there. You know, here's the thing. And, and you know, I think I think three-quarters of the stuff Trump says is, is just, you know, schoolyard bully stuff. Um, it's just junk. But we've been talking for years in this country, years. And I know your take on bipartisanship and – I'd, I'd pretty much align with you there. I mean, 
we do need bipartisanship. We do need to be able to work yeah. together to get things done. And, and I, 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 I think you, I think you got to realize. I mean, I, and I just, just to explain my position on bipartisanship, I don't think bipartisanship is in and of itself the goal. Like, I'm not going to go out no. and, and try to throw out ideas just to try to attract Democrats. Now, I am going to try to persuade people on the other side to support my ideas, knowing that at times I may need to compromise some of my goals in order to get some of my other, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm not against compromising or anything like that. I, I'm just saying bipartisanship in and of itself is not the goal for, for me. It absolutely should never be the goal because even with bipartisanship, you still, without compromise and without one side doing this and the other side doing that and actually doing something, Nothing yeah. will get done anyway. Now, my and as a libertarian, I tend to think that when Republicans and Democrats start working together, that's when we're really getting screwed. But all right, go ahead. <laughs> I think, and this is just my personal opinion, Donald Trump could go out there to the homeless shelter and hand out food to people for, for three days in a row and just do that nonstop, and people would still find something to hate about the man. And, right. You know, and I, I think that, you know, the anger that very many, uh, you know, with the exception of maybe his hard right base, the anger that most people have towards the man is, is something that I don't believe that he's able to overcome. You're, you're never going to persuade a person who is a straight Democrat or a left-leaning conservative. You're never going to convince them that Donald Trump is, is the person who's going to be able to persuade anybody to get anything done. And I think that's where the feeling yeah. is and that so we're just no matter yeah. like you said you can't have it both ways well that's the problem here is that we 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 want compromise to a certain extent we want persuasion so he meets with the democrats he a few things worked out they're going to give up a little he's going to give up a little and uh, and people are still mad so here i i i think you bring up such an interesting point so here's here's the thing because not that long ago, we had the Charlottesville thing, right? And everybody was in an uproar, and and supposedly Trump's, you know, Trump was going to resign, and his his administration was over because he supposedly didn't sufficiently condemn white supremacists, right? Like like that was the thing, and and he was he was catering to, to white supremacists, right? And that should have been the the death now to his administration. But here we are, just a few weeks later. And Schumer and Pelosi are, are working with him. Heidi Heitkamp's flying around in the Air Force One with him. And and that's the point I'm making is you can't have it both ways. You can't believe that the guy is a fascist, right? You, you, you can't believe that the guy is a white supremacist and everything else, but then say, okay, well, I'll, I'll work with him or, or whatever. Like, w once you've Correct. crossed that line, I, and I understand, like, okay, well, I, I don't agree with everything Chuck Schumer has to say, but I could probably find areas where we agree and probably find things if I was in the Senate or I was the president or something like that, find ways that I could work with him because I don't think Chuck Schumer's an evil guy. I just don't – I think his worldview, his ideology is just misguided. But I'm sure we could find common ground. It would be different if I if I thought Chuck Schumer was like a fascist or Hitler or Mussolini or something like that. I wouldn't work with him at all, right? I'd want him out of office. So – you know, once you cross a certain Rubicon with your rhetoric, and a lot of people have crossed that Rubicon with Trump, where, oh, he's a racist, he's this horrible hate monger, and everything else, like, you can't really come back from that. Or if you do, then, then you have to wonder, why were you saying those things to begin with? I mean, did you really mean them, or were you just saying them from effect? And I think maybe that's what we're learning right now, is that a lot of what the Democrats have been saying about Trump, they didn't really mean it. It's just something they were saying for political effect. Right, and, and you know that those are those are those are headline grabbers. Those are those are, 
you know, things that, that you can say and do to, to, you know, get yourself in the spotlight. And, and you know, I, I will say my last point on all of this is, you know, I, I do not align myself with Donald Trump in the vast majority of the things that, that he supposedly believes in. But, you know, he, he's able to continue, continually refresh the news cycle with new bits of information, most of which is dumb, but it, the news cycle never ends. It's always coming right back to Donald Trump. And that's, I that's think the, the problem that I yeah, – and it, it could be good, it could be bad, but the problem is, is, that, is that we're not actually affecting change. That, that, that's, not, that's the big question, and, and I thought – I thought Mike McFeely, thanks for the call, Jim. I thought Mike McFeely put it well in a column recently. Is Trump crazy or crazy like a fox? And that's the big thing with him is, is all this stuff he's doing, is it because he's nuts or is it just a distraction while he gets other things done? And I don't know. I think the jury might be out of that until we get to the end of his term. We'll see. We're going to continue straight ahead. Love to hear what you think. Do you like that Trump's working with Democrats or do you hate it? 701-293-9000, We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. 701-293-9000, we to join the program, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. We've been talking about um, well, Donald Trump and this sort of turn towards bipartisanship that we've seen. And, and, and normally, I mean, any, any president, I, I mean, listen, a sitting Republican president Cutting a deal with the Democratic minority leadership, normally you would think that would be the sort of thing that the media, the, the press would praise to high heaven. But because it's Trump, then I, I guess it's it's different or, or something. And I, I, I think it's going to be interesting because, again, we have spent months now with everybody talking about how Trump is a white supremacist, Trump is, is Hitler, he's Mussolini, he's a fascist. I mean, there's literally an anti-fascist movement aimed at Trump, the Antifa or whatever they call themselves, and they themselves sort of act like fascists, but what, whatever. They're, they're out. I mean, they see fascism in Donald Trump, and now all of a sudden Trump's working with Democrats. Uh, I saw where uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is, is out saying, uh, you know, expect more bipartisanship from, from Donald Trump. How are all these these Trump haters going to reel it in when he starts working with Democrats left and right? I, I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't understand how you once you've crossed that rhetorical Rubicon, once you're out in front saying this guy's like Hitler, this guy's a white supremacist, this guy's a fascist nationalist, this guy's a Nazi. I mean, once you do that. How do you reel it back in and say, oh, well, he sure cut a good deal with Chuck Schumer, though? <laughs> really? I, I got an email here. And this is this is so funny because it's it's just so typical. The subject line of the email is Trump is extremist. It's from Andrew. Very eloquent. <laughs> Andrew. Trump is extremist. Uh, Andrew writes, uh, what part of that hasn't he lived up to? I'm assuming Andrew is referring to the, the idea that, that Trump is a fascist, white supremacist, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Andrew continues, hell, he employed white nationalists and couldn't condemn Nazis unequivocally. He is a horrible president. 
Now, now listen, I, I think somebody can, I mean, you, I think it's fair to call any president, given president, a, a horrible president. I mean, depending on your point of view, I didn't think, I thought President, Don, I thought President Barack Obama was the worst president of my lifetime. I'm reserving, I'm reserving judgment on Trump, by the way, until we get through like at least one term. Um, you know, at the end of, of Obama's eight years, I think he is the worst president that I lived through as a human being. I think he was awful. I think he left this country divided. I think he uh, he he set precedents in government that are going to be extremely damaging for this country going forward. I thought he was awful. Now, other people disagree, and that's fine. But there's a difference between me saying President Obama's a horrible president or was it was a bad president and me saying that he is some sort of a, a extremist, like like a Nazi or, or something like that. I mean, th- those are two very different sorts of criticism. And if you engage in the one, it makes it very hard to come back and, and say, oh, well, you know, I, I mean, it's sort of like, you ever heard this one, Nolan, about, it's, it's sort of an old saying about how um, Hitler kept the trains running on time or the Nazis kept the trains running on time? I have not heard that, actually. Right. Okay, well, it's, it's a thing that, that people say when, you know, you're out there and, and, and you're trying to find the silver lining in something. You're, you're trying to find some redeeming quality in the irredeemable. Right. Right? So it's the idea, well, well, well the Nazis were really good at keeping the train on time. Yeah, okay, but they were still Nazis. Right? I mean, okay, they, they were massacring, you know, millions and millions of people, but, you know, they kept the trains running on time. It's it's an absurdity. Like, there's no redeemable quality. Like, that doesn't make up for, for anything. It's It's a silly thing to even point out. And and I think that's the problem. I mean, you, you can't turn around and say, well, Trump is Hitler, but, you know, I, I guess he did the right thing on the debt ceiling, right? Like, you, you can't do that. You can't be, oh, Trump is a tangerine-tinted Mussolini, uh, but he, he sure likes Heidi Heitkamp, but we should reelect her. Like, that that's that's cognitive dissonance. Like, you can't you can't do that. At least, I mean, you can do that. I mean, I shouldn't say that. You can do that. You can absolutely do that. And then I could call you a hypocrite. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com or tweet me at Rob Port. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a very interesting dynamic. I am not particularly bothered by Trump working with, with the Democrats on this deal. And, and again, I'm just evaluating that. I don't have a problem with Republicans working with Democrats in general. I wish Democrats would, would agree. I, I wish I wish they could work together more. I, I hope they're working together towards policies that, uh, you know, limit the government's interference in our lives and generally let us uh, act in our own best interest to, to the greatest degree possible. That's sort of my philosophy. That's what I'd like to see. Your mileage may vary, but... Uh, you know, I, I have no problem with Republicans and Democrats working together. And, you know, I, I don't think that's an inherently good or bad thing. It's just a thing. If they could find ways to agree and work together, good. I hope they're working towards something that I think will be better for this country. But, you know, so, so the idea of Trump working with Democrats by itself doesn't bother me. And I don't, this particular deal that he cut with Democrats doesn't bother me. I, there's a lot of conservatives out there who are sort of hitting the roof over this. That he, uh, you know, he cut a deal and and moved the uh, the debt ceiling down the road three months. I mean, listen, we are always playing political brinksmanship with the debt ceiling. Honestly, it's it's kind of a relief to finally get that one off the table for once without a lot of grandstanding and posturing. Maybe now they can move on to something a little bit more productive.
because I was getting tired of the debt ceiling stuff. And, and listen, the conservatives kept choosing under Obama, kept choosing the debt ceiling fight as a hill to die on over and over and over again. And what did it get them? Have we really slowed spending all that much? I mean, we're still deficit spending. The budget ain't balanced. What did we win? S- uh, slightly smaller deficits? Okay, I-, I guess that's a win, but come on. I don't know. I I'm I am intrigued by this tactic that Trump is taking up. I think potentially it has potentially I, I think I think it has it has the potential to change the trajectory of his entire administration going forward. Among other things, in in, in a way that, that it just sort of takes the wind out of the sails of, of all the Trump is Hitler, Trump is an extremist, Trump is a white supremacist. It's going to take all of that stuff, right? When, when Trump's out pushing policies through and he's got, you know, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and he's legitimately bringing people together. Now, and I don't know, I mean, I'm talking about hypothetical deals down the road and I'm not necessarily endorsing him, but if he's out there and he's got a strong working relationship with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, in addition to the Republican majority, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. I mean, it, it is going to take the wind out of the sails of the hate, hate Trump crowd in a big, big way. I, it's it's going to be interesting to see to me to see what Democrats are going to do with that. Because I'm not sure what they do with it. They've invested a lot in hating Donald Trump and, and Cassie. Oh, he's Putin's puppet. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's going to be fun, I think, pointing out a lot of what left-wing commentators have said about Trump in the past versus what they may have to say about him going forward. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. We've been talking about Donald Trump this, and I, I think this. I wrote my Sunday column about this. I, I think it's just such an interesting development, and the dynamics of it, I, I think, are going to be interesting because I, I think you're going to see a lot of people on the left having to backpedal on Trump pretty quick, um, or maybe not. We'll see. It, it seems like in 2017 America, there's a lot of people that are just comfortable with being hypocritical. Uh, including President Donald Trump. Uh, speaking of unhinged people, did you see uh, what Jennifer Lawrence had to say about hurricanes, Nolan? I did not. <laughs> she's just uh, she's just terrific, isn't she? <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, uh, she's a wonderful actress. She's actually really. I, I think she's pretty good. I, but I think she's I think she's an excellent actress. Uh, I think her politics are a little goofy. Uh, she said uh, this is from the Associated Press. I quote: While in England to promote her film Mother. The actress was asked about changes happening in America. You know, you're watching these hurricanes now, and it's really hard, especially while promoting this movie, not to feel Mother Nature's rage, wrath. So I, I, I guess suggesting that the, the hurricanes are, are a punishment from Mother Nature for, for President Trump? Um, That or... We talk- uh, I don't know what she's trying to get at. Is she trying to get at the kind of the climate change Argument because I mean there seems to be that yeah. sort of argument for these hurricanes as well. Maybe that's yeah, what it I mean is, that's but. that's out there too. I, it's it's interesting. I always wonder like like does someone like Jennifer? I mean, does she actually believe this thing? I, I mean, does she actually believe that I, if that's what she means? And 
it, it seems like that's what she means, but I, I don't know. I mean, does she, she really think there's like some mother, some deity or something that's punishing the United States because of Donald Trump? <sighs> Although I can't imagine. I, do people, I, I think I, don't know. I, I think that'd be a more likely explanation than climate change. Honestly, uh, it's 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 certainly a more consistent answer because at least at least you could draw a correlation between these hurricanes and the presence of Donald Trump. The people who are crying, crying about climate change, look at all the years of mild hurricane seasons we've had in years past. Right. We've actually come through a, a period here where we haven't had that many hurricanes. Right. Hasn't been that bad. And now all of a sudden we're having a, a, a rough stretch here and everybody's like, oh, well, it's it's climate change. I mean, the. The people who are, are, are drawing that conclusion, right, that correlation between, well, it must be climate change because we're having all these hurricanes, those people are operating at the same intellectual level as the people who crack global warming jokes when it's really hot outside, right, or it's really cold outside. Like, that that's not, you know, and it's one thing to make a joke about it. It's another thing for people like, oh, my, uh, this is climate change. This is awful. This is horrible. Wow. Every weather phenomenon that has ever occurred is due to climate change. That's the argument. Yeah. Yeah. Just 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 the eternal the eternal climate change argument forever and ever. It's always climate change no matter what. Um it's just silly. It's it's um you know and, and listen, I I don't I say that. Uh I definitely think human activity has an impact on the climate. I definitely think the climate has been trending warmer. I don't think there's any question about that. I just don't buy that it has the sort of catastrophic effects that some people claim. I, I don't think that that's been, I don't think that that's been proven. But boy, we are sure going through a rough stretch with the hurricane stuff. I mean, Hurricane Harvey and now Irma uh, down in uh, down in Florida. Richard Branson made it through okay though. He did. He said he was going to stick it out. I went. I was going. I was wondering what was going to happen to him, but he's got yeah, that. He, he emerged. He was okay. Where was his, uh, where they, was his mansion at? Do we? I, I so didn't... It's 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 he owns an island. It's, it's oh ne- his whole Necker island. island. Yeah, yeah. He, he owns like a seventy square mile island. I, sh- I should have known. Uh, and so it's and I I don't think his is the residence. I, I think he has a residence, and then I think there's like a resort there or something too. I, I don't know that much about it honestly. It's it's um Necker Island, I guess is what it's called. Uh, and. Yeah, I guess they made it through okay. Although there was some controversy about him because obviously, you know, the message coming out of Florida is get out of the way. Yeah. Right? Like like evacuate. Like don't don't try to stick this out. Evacuate. And here we have this billionaire being like, oh, I'm going to stick it out in my wine cellar. Maybe, maybe the wrong message to be sending the public? Possibly, but I mean, it's... Uh... I mean, obviously not everybody's as prepared for it as Richard Branson. Right. I mean, he apparently had like a bunker with like hurricane shields and all sorts of other stuff so he was prepared but most of us aren't billionaires right and i think it's it's just alarming you know to see it kind of even pick up steam coming towards florida just because i think what from what i understand the the waters are just so warm that it's basically just adding fuel to the fire of the hurricane really and it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's just racing towards Florida. And I mean, people are, I've seen pictures of the highways backed up and the airline, you know, airstrips are backed up as well. It's just something to really something to see. Yeah. And then we've got more of the, uh, the price gouging debate or whatever. I, I think that's such an interesting debate. Like something comes through and prices go up and, and I don't know, I mean, fundamentally i mean to, to me it's whatever you might think about it right like if you have a moral reaction and and what you think the price of a bottle of water ought to be 
in the middle of a hurricane. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we all have opinions about that. But to me, I, I make a property rights argument. It's not your water, right? It's not, it's not your airplane to buy a ticket on. Uh, it's, it's not your, it's not your stuff. Uh, I don't see where we have the right to, to dictate to private businesses what they could charge for their goods and services. Uh, you know, and, and the businesses, I, I think it's best just leave it to the businesses. They'll make their calculations. If they want to alienate a, um, a big chunk of their customer base by getting carried away with the prices to, to, to get some short-term profits, they'll do that. Although I would also argue that, that, you know, varying prices going up a little bit in the short term is not necessarily such a bad thing to, to both implement price rationing, right, to, to, to try to maximize that supply's availability for the most number of people, but also to facilitate bringing in more supplies into the area. Because guess what? The prices for getting goods into places, into some of these disaster zones is going to go up because those truckers and everybody, they're going to be working overtime. It's going to take longer. It's going to it's going to be harder to get in and to find that stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. People get wrapped around the axle about this stuff. And, and honestly, I think as with a lot of things, it's better if we just butt out. Just let the prices do what they're going to do. They'll find an equilibrium. And that'll probably be, although not perfect, will probably be the best way to serve everybody. That's it for me. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. You can always catch me here Monday through Friday on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM, or, of course, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com, North Dakota's most popular political blog. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.